0: This is the Solid Signal podcast for the week of January 15th, 2024. And let's start with a little bit of good news. I think you probably already know this if it affects you, but the channel blackout between DirecTV and stations owned by Tegna is now over. Uh, it lasted six weeks, during which time, if your local affiliate channel was owned by Tegna and you had DirecTV, then you could not watch it on DirecTV and you had to go to watching over an antenna or streaming or something like that. But the good news is that over the weekend, the impasse, whatever it was, was resolved and everybody is back to business, which is perfect timing for the football playoffs because a lot of the Tecna stations were supposed to show the football playoffs and a lot of people were worried that they would not be able to get it that way. So... That brings me to the subject of this week's podcast, which is channel blackouts. Channel blackouts affect the entire pay TV industry, and not just traditionally supplied pay TV like cable or satellite, but also uh, live TV services like DirecTV Stream and YouTube TV and Slang. Pretty much anywhere that you're watching a channel, there's the potential for that channel to be blacked out because of a contract dispute. And there's a lot to unpack here. I've gone through this a couple of times before on older podcasts. So I, I know that this may seem like a little bit of a rerun for some of you, and I apologize for that. But I think it's worth going over again. Let's start with why channel blackouts happen. The real reason why they happen. Because both sides will give you the kind of propaganda answer, and this is the real answer. When it comes to a broadcast TV channel, uh A pay TV company like DirecTV has two options. They really have two choices. They can choose to pay for a channel, in which case the channel owner can set a fair price and they come to an agreement or a contract. Or the channel owner can demand that the pay TV company carry the channel, but in that case, they don't get paid for it. Um, If I own my local ABC channel and I go to DirecTV and I say, you absolutely must carry it, they'll say, okay, but we're not going to pay you for it. In practice, this is hardly ever done anymore. It used to be the standard way of doing things into the 1980s and 90s, hardly ever done anymore. So channel blackouts happen because generally every two to three years, these contracts get renegotiated and if the two companies can't come to an agreement on a contract once the old one runs out then the broadcaster has the right to ask for that channel to be taken down now this is actually this part is true whether it's broadcast channel or just a traditional cable or satellite channel think like hgtv or something but the important thing to know here is that it is the decision of the channel's owner to demand that blackout. And then it's the pay TV company like DirecTV that is required to comply with that. So when you hear the propaganda that DirecTV has chosen to blackout this station or that station, that's not true. Uh, What they've chosen to do is comply with a request from a broadcaster who has the right to do that. So if you really want to point some blame toward why doesn't this channel appear on my local Uh, pay TV company, then the answer is because they can't put it on. They don't have a contract. They've been forced into taking it off. So, you know, this sort of thing, it it seems like it was quiet for a while. It seems like it wasn't a really big deal for a while. And then long about the time that cord cutting 2.0, as they call it, became a big thing in about 2020, well, that's when you started to see it becoming a big thing again and for for the the simple reason that, as these local channels become less popular, as the uh, providers themselves lose subscribers, and that's just inevitable, I hate to say it, then the pay TV companies want to pay less for these channels, and they have a right to do so as long as they can come to a fair contract. But generally, the broadcasters themselves, the co- people who own those channels, Don't want to get paid less. They want to get paid more, even though their signals are being seen by fewer people. And yeah, I get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But there's a lot about the broadcast industry that doesn't make a lot of sense. And you just kind of have to go with the flow. It's just one of the things that kind of comes from a business that's been around for coming on 100 years and has a lot of kind of dug in kind of ideas about stuff. And this is why these channel blackouts have become more common lately because you have pay TV companies like DirecTV and Dish that are saying our people are telling us they're leaving because we're already charging them too much. We can't charge them anymore and we have fewer subscribers to offer you, therefore we should pay less. And on the other hand, you have the, the owner who's saying, I'm more and more dependent on the money that you give me, so you should be have, having to pay more. And nobody can agree. And that's when the channel blackout happens. And traditionally, I, again, I hate to say it because it sounds really cynical, a lot of times these channel blackouts will resolve themselves a day or two before it becomes really critical. If a channel blackout takes place all summer, then you might see it getting resolved the day before NFL kickoff or the day before uh, fall TV shows premiere, that sort of thing. It's just very common. I, I think it just adds a little bit of fuel to the fire, if it will, uh, of just trying to get both sides back to the table and get a deal done. It doesn't necessarily favor one or the other. But in the meantime, you've got people who are affected, and it's it, it can be a lot of people. Why? Because A generation or so ago, almost two generations ago, the U.S. government decided to trash the rules that had said that more or less one company couldn't own more than five TV stations, period. I think maybe the maximum in certain cases was eight. I mean, it really was a very small number. They got rid of those restrictions, and that has allowed companies to blossom up to where one company can own 200 TV stations at the same time. So they've got immense bargaining power with a pay TV company like DirecTV. And on the other hand, that's a lot of money that DirecTV is putting out to one company, and they want to make sure that it's all worth it. So you could be talking about potentially millions of people who are affected by the loss of channels from just one company. And, and that's where we are today. That's what the government has has chosen to do. And, and you know, this, is, this really isn't a, a political podcast. I should say that again. Uh, it really isn't a political podcast. And so I'm not really going to give you a lot of that kind of partisan stuff that maybe you should be getting or might not be getting. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm just going to try to give it to you in as equal a way as I possibly can. The purpose of the federal government regardless of who you are or how you really choose to define it, is to act in the best interests of the people. And as I said, you may not agree on what the best interests of the people are, but acting in the best interests of the people is just the job of the government. And one of the things that the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, the people who regulate broadcasting, could do is they could come up with a rule that said That as long as the two parties were negotiating in good faith, as long as one of them had not completely walked away from the table with an absolute no, that you have to keep those channels on the air and that the previous contract has to continue on. I personally would favor this sort of thing. Uh, Channel owners do not favor this sort of thing. I understand why. Because they feel that it takes away leverage that they have because as long as a company like DirecTV is still working on the previous contract, then what's their motivation to pay more? Well, I think that you could put in some guardrails there and I think that you could put in some reasonable limits there so that it doesn't happen forever. And, And I think that in the end, if you phrase it right, if you say that the two companies have to be actively negotiating and neither of them has to have been uh, you know, walking away and, and just pushing away from the table, then this could work. And it could be fair to everybody because, of course, keep in mind that a, a channel that isn't being seen on a company like DirecTV, DirecTV isn't paying anybody for it. So it hurts everybody to have these channels blacked out. I wish it's something that everybody would consider because I do think there's a way that it could be done fairly for everybody. Of course, I'm not a lawyer. I'm also not a member of the FCC, so what do I know? I get it. But it just seems like one of those things that the FCC could do to act in the best interests of the people rather than the best interest of just two companies, the two companies that are at the table. Because, you know, you've got millions and millions of people that could be potentially affected by one of these channel blackouts. If, for example... Um, Warner Brothers Discovery were to choose to have a channel blackout against a pay TV company. And that would be 20 or 25 channels. I've lost touch of of how many there are that would all be blacked out for every single subscriber. That is a potential billion dollar loser for both sides, which is why it doesn't really happen. It's kind of a nuclear option, but it could. Uh, It was about a dozen years ago, if I remember correctly, maybe a, a little bit fewer than that that HBO channels were blacked out on DISH for a long time and it could happen again. And I'd like to see just some honest fair ways to make sure that it doesn't happen so that everybody gets a fair shake and subscribers also are getting what they pay for. Because remember too, it's very rare to see companies like DirecTV or DISH issuing refunds when they black out a channel. It can be done, but as I said, it doesn't happen very often. I'd be kind of curious to see what other people had to say about this because uh, anytime you talk about anything having to do with the federal government, you have to be super duper careful because we are such a partisan society and I don't want this to become that kind of podcast. Plenty of places you can have that political discussion. But I think that if you just look at the idea of doing what's best for the largest number of people and having the government play its role of protecting the interests of the people, I think we could have that discussion. So go ahead, like, subscribe and leave a comment anywhere you get this podcast. It makes me look good to my bosses. And keep listening to the Solid Signal podcast cuz I love having discussions like this. It's not just me talking. It you know, it's also your opinions that come through and I've gotten some really great comments over the years as a result. Also, uh tip of the hat to solidsignal.com, who sponsor this podcast, pay my salary, and I'm very, very grateful to them. And remember, if you want full service, call the folks at Signal Connect, 888-233-7563. That's 888-233-7563 for the kind of customer service you thought had gone away forever. That's it for this week. I will see you again next week.